Welcome to Locked On NFL, your daily podcast on the National Football League on the number one daily sports podcast network. Brian Peacock with you here, as always, along with my co-host, Matt Williamson. This episode of Locked On NFL is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code Locked On, and you'll get $10 off your next order. I want to tease some things for next week, Matt, before we get into your Part two of your off-season power rankings. So we're going to rank all the teams in the NFL 1 through 32 today. See how they uh, check in as training camps are rolling from earlier on in the summer when we uh, looked at these power rankings. And I think it'll be a monthly thing we do here on the podcast. And speaking of that podcast, uh, there is some big news coming with our podcast, Matt, that we cannot divulge quite yet. But I think Monday we will announce something. Yeah, stay tuned, and we will need all of you to be very attentive for it and could use a little bit of help, too. So that's as much as I'm going to tell you. Yeah, stay tuned for that. Monday, we will make an announcement about the Locked On NFL podcast, and we'll probably talk linebackers Monday, right? You have your fresh linebacker rankings, and you can follow along with those at Pro Football Network. We'll get into off-ball linebackers next week. A little bit of news first before we hit those power rankings. And it's one we glossed over yesterday, and it's a big signing. Buffalo Bills, big money for left tackle Deion Dawkins. He gets a new extension. Uh, that is worth four years, $60 million, uh, $34 million of that guaranteed, it looks like. So Dawkins tied to the Buffalo Bills, protecting Josh Allen's blind side through the 2024 season. Yeah, and, and it makes a lot of sense. Um, he's an ascending player. He's only 26 years old, so you would think you get plenty of years left out of him. Um, real good chance of getting to a third contract. What's interesting to me is if you go back to last offseason, you know, but after the 2018 season, the Bills were unbelievably aggressive in terms of adding new offensive linemen. I mean, they drafted D Ford and brought in. I want to say like six or seven veterans, including Mitch Morris, the center. He was the biggest name of the group. Um, Dawkins is somebody, obviously, they've is a homegrown guy, but they've really dedicated resources. That's where I'm going with this is they care a lot about their offensive line in Buffalo and continued to bring people in, spent a lot of money last year in the offseason, threw a lot at the fan, and a, a fair amount of it stuck. And I think that they now, um, I'd say they're the – Eight to tenth best offensive line in the league. Offensive linemen make a lot of money, especially those left tackles. And he's not getting twenty million dollars per year. But if you're wondering why Deion Dawkins got paid, it's because he's peaking at the right time, according to PFF. Dawkins finished last season with his highest black pass blocking grade of his career, seventy-seven point three, and recorded his highest career total of snaps, over a thousand snaps, pretty much played all year long there at left tackle. So the Bills see somebody who's steady played at a really high level as a pass blocker and they wanted to lock him up. Yeah, again, I mean, a good young 26-year-old left tackle that you know what you're getting, familiar, he's been in the system, that's worth a lot of money. And it's a good move for him too. I'm sure he could have waited, became a true free agent and got richer. But you got to think that his situation's a good one um, as a stable organization. And I think the Bills have a good chance to make some noise. 
I'm interested to see how you feel about this report, and this is going to be fun. Training camp, we're not going to get as many eyeballs on these things, so we're going to get reports like this one, and people are going to get super excited. This out of Kansas City from ESPN, that Chiefs first-round running back Clyde Edwards-Hilaire was, quote, the featured back in Friday's practice. Okay, I got a question for you then, and that, <laughs> that's not surprising news. Use a first-round pick on a back, and your existing back opted out. They do have some other guys. I think DeAndre Washington is kind of a sneaky contributor for them. But if you were fantasy mocking it up, do you want Edwards Hilaire where? I mean, I think most people, myself included, would go in whatever order you want, McCaffrey, Barkley, Zeke, Kamara, Cook as the top five backs. But then I've seen people thinking about Edwards Hilaire six. And some of the names I would consider – are like Mixon, Henry, uh, Chubb, Miles Sanders, Aaron Jones. Sometimes you see the first-round pick. But do you think he's right outside that top five, or are you letting somebody else take him in fantasy? Yeah, if you I, are. I probably will not end up with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire because at this rate he's going to go at the end of round one probably. And mm-hmm. I would the thing about rookie running backs that I love about them is you get a discount and you're not going to get a discount on Clyde Edwards Hilaire and you still don't know what exactly he's going to look like in that offense. So I would probably go in another direction. So I'm imagining Clyde Edwards Hilaire will not end up on any team peacocks out there. Yeah, I'm the same way in that. Yes, he's an unknown and his stock is just too high right now. If it was a second rounder, I'd consider it. Um, I absolutely promise he's going to go the first in most drafts maybe even as early as like six-ish, like we said. But here's a couple of negatives that I worry about. Is first of all, wasn't a great pass protector at LSU and isn't the biggest guy. They knew that when they drafted him and had a plan to get him in the games anyway. But they don't run the ball in the first half of games. I mean, I know he's going to make his money as a receiver, but he's not going to get 12 carries in the first half. I mean, they throw to get the lead and then they run in the second half. And if they're winning by 14 or whatever, is he even going to be in the game? It's and I don't know if he's our goal line back. Right. No, it's a good point because he's got receiving ability, but he's not going to be on the field on third downs if he can't pass protect and take right. care of his quarterback and his half billion dollar quarterback there. And here's the other thing. This is just training camp practices. And Andy Reid said that he'll continue to get a lot of work with the first team unit. Is everything perfect? No, not right now, but he's working to get there. So essentially, they're trying to get him all the work they can. That doesn't mean he's going to get all the work once the season starts. They're trying to get their rookie ready, too. So you draft him as RB1, first-round pick, and all of a sudden he's splitting carries once the season actually gets going. Uh, and then you, you know, there's just too many unknowns there for me. Yeah, and not to mention this COVID thing's going on, and I don't think that's good for rookies, period. Right. Right. Running backs should have it a little bit easier, but especially rookies, wide receivers this year. And there's so many good ones, too. By the way, Denzel Mims injured his hamstring running routes at practice for the New York Jets. Um, Looks like he's sidelined. They don't think it's super serious, though. Unfortunately, and in a way, it's fortunate because that means football is happening. A lot of the blurbs we're going to get the next couple of weeks are a lot of hamstrings. Yeah, Yeah, a lot of hamstrings, a lot of injuries, you know, but that means the NFL's back and rolling. Let's do these power rankings, Matt. Training camp power rankings version two so far this offseason. We'll see how they differ from the beginning of the summer. Matt Williamson's 2020 power rankings, one through 32, coming up. But first, I would like to tell everybody out there about Built Bar. Built Bar is back. We sold them out of all of their bars. They came back new 
flavors, some of the same old flavors, uh, some new packaging that you might like, and a special deal for our listeners. And again, if you don't know what Built Bars are, you got to check them out. They are a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. High protein, low calorie, low sugar, high fiber, great for a keto diet. Look at these flavor profiles. One of my favorites is peanut butter. You get 19 grams of protein in that one, only 180 calories and five grams of sugar. If you want even fewer calories, check out the cookies and cream, a new flavor that I'm excited to try. 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories and only four grams of sugar with four grams of net carbs. Special offer for our listeners. And by the way, Built Bar has reset their promo code. So if you've used it before, you can use code locked on again and potentially get a free cooler with purchase while supplies right. last. Go to builtbar.com, use promo code locked on. You'll get $10 off your next order. That's promo code locked on for $10 off at builtbar.com. For those who remember the first version of Matt's power rankings at the beginning of this offseason, nothing has changed at the first or 32nd spot. We'll start at the bottom and move up. Number 32, the Jacksonville Jaguars, 31, Carolina Panthers, 30, Miami Dolphins, 29, Washington football team. Well, Washington's name changed, but it's still that team in Washington uh, that is the fourth <laughs> right. worst, according to Matt Williamson. The bottom four have not changed. And I don't feel strong about Jacksonville necessarily being at the very bottom. Um, I think Miami's one that people are probably listening going, hey, they finished strong and they're going to be good this year. I just think that that roster was so bad a year ago that it's going to take more than one offseason to build. And I think their offseason was very much built around the fact that they're preparing for tomorrow more than this year. But they could surprise. I think they're well coached. Um, one note I wanted to mention is uh, Shieldkopedia from The Athletic put a list out today. He had some formula that he used to see what teams have the most continuity, you know, and they ranked them 1 to 32. And I think that's really important considering the limited practice time we get. And he factored in things like head coach, quarterback, play callers, number of snaps changing on both sides of the ball. And the top 31 were all relatively, you know, close in, in some respect. And a distant, distant, distant 32 was the Panthers. I mean, you talk about wholesale yeah. changes and it might play out well next year, the year after. I think they're a smart organization. I like that they're building from the ground up, but it's got, I bet it's going to be ugly for a while. Yeah, I like some of the moves they've made and even their quarterback. Yeah. It's not like Teddy Bridgewater is going to put a team on his back. He might be a safe player for what they're trying to do right now, but he's not all of a sudden going to go lead that team into the playoffs in his first year there, I don't think. But so, yeah, that changeover is a reason to not be super bullish on Carolina, even though I like the direction they're going. Their defense is going to be horrific, though. I like what they got going up front, so that could potentially help yeah. the back end a little bit. Agreed. Mm -hmm. And Washington's sort of in that regard, too. Right. Their defensive front's really, really good, but they've got some big holes on that team. The New York Jets dropped from 26 to 28, two spots. They actually drop behind the team they share a stadium with in New York in the Giants. So Jets 28, Giants 27. Are the Jets dropping a couple spots sheerly because of that Jamal Adams trade or everything else involved that's going on there that, you know, just bad reports about a lot of players that don't really necessarily love what's happening in New York. All the above, but Adams is certainly an impact player. And we get to Seattle, they took a little jump up. Um, I'm really down on both New York teams for this year. I mean, they both have really difficult schedules. I like Darnold a lot more than I like Jones. 
but they're bad at edge pass rusher at corner. The offense looks okay at best. And that's another one. Remember we talked about the Bills offensive line, how Buffalo threw a lot of players into the mix a year ago. Well, the Jets took a similar mold in a similar style this year, including Mekhi Becton. And I think it's a terrible year for that to work from a continuity standpoint. I mean, a lot of new offensive linemen for the Jets. Bears fans aren't going to like this. They come in here at number 26, dropping a couple of spots, uh, dropping actually behind the Cincinnati Bengals, who are at 25. Yeah, I'm hard on the Bears, too. I mean, I don't like either quarterback. I don't think people talk about how bad the offensive line is. And that's just such a tough recipe. I do think the defense is quite good, but when you got to you know win close, low scoring games, and I'm not sure you can run the ball well, I don't think that's a good formula at all. I, I have more faith in the Bengals. To me, there's a tier here, Matt. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but at number 24, you start to see teams that are like, okay, I can really see how any of these teams could make their way into the playoffs, and even Chicago in some yeah. regards. I might put Chicago ahead of Cincinnati because I, I would be less shocked if Chicago made the playoffs than Cincinnati just because they're throwing a rookie quarterback out there in this COVID offseason. But at 24, you have Las Vegas, 23, Arizona, 22, Atlanta. I could see that all three of those teams having seasons that could go any number of directions. They could be bad. They could be a playoff team. Yes, agreed. And I hadn't thought of it that way, but I agree exactly how you said with that tier, you know, being a real draw a line there, the 25 through 32 I'm pretty confident that it, a high percentage of them are going to pick in the top 10 or, you know, your first overall picks coming from that crew. I don't know that they're going to be a playoff team of, of that of that crop. Where these other ones seem like 8-8-ish, eight and 7-9, eight and nine. maybe they get a good break or two, get the nine wins in the seventh playoff bid in that neighborhood. A lot of them are going different directions, you know, I mean – Vegas has added a lot over the years. Atlanta actually has quite a bit of stability. I think that kind of works in their favor, and the defense got better as the season went on. Um, so, yeah, I think you're dead on. That, that This section we're talking about now is, you know, potential, and I, I don't have a great feel for where they all are. They could surprise us this year. The biggest problem with those three teams, AFC West, NFC West, <laughs> NFC South, I mean, those are juggernaut divisions. It's going to be hard to get in. Right. I mean, if one of those were maybe in the AFC East, I might pick them to win a division, possibly. You know what I mean? The biggest riser coming up at number 19 and right behind the Detroit Lions that went from 23 to 19 for you. I'm interested to find out why. Uh, it was Houston at 21, Denver at 20. They stayed about the same. But the Lions jumped from 23 to 19 for you. I wonder why. Yeah. That and one thing I've noticed doing power ranks over the years my method methodology is I know I just sent you a spreadsheet that had last ones on and this one on, but I honestly don't look, I just kind of randomly put them out there. Whoever I think is better than the other. And it's not like, well, they were here six weeks ago when I did this and they got, they added this player. So now I think they're better. I, I just do them from scratch each time I do them. So I don't really have a good reason why it went up three spots for the lions. <laughs> I just am kind of warming up to them. I mentioned it a thousand times that that's my favorite dark horse bet of the year is the Lions to win the division at plus 800. Okay. You know, I think they're okay, you know. I like that. Well, if they're running out Matthew Stafford all season instead of David Blau, I think they, they right. do have a much better shot this season, and it might make some people sleep on the Lions. The next team is the most interesting to me. New England has been all over 
the map for you. You move them up after Cam from, I think, or in the 20s somewhere, all the way up to number seven last time. Now they've dropped all the way back to 18. The Cam hype wore off for you already. Is that what's happening here with the New England Patriots coming in at number 18 now for you? The, by far the biggest faller from your last rankings. Right. And if, if someone goes back six weeks or whatever it was and listens to the last power rank, I remember thinking I was pretty firm on the top six. And then there was like five or six, five or six teams that I didn't know who to put seven. And I admit, I, I wanted to make a little splash right after Newton got signed. So I picked the Patriots to be that seventh team, although seven and 12 weren't much different to me. And we'll get to those teams. The other ones haven't really changed. But I think all these opt-outs are a problem for them. I mean, go look, go go to ourlads.com and pull up their, their depth chart. Their weapons and their front seven and their right tackle are bad you know like we did those position ranks that oh, mike clay yeah. did and they were 23 24 and you good. could argue they'd be lower roster wise they're not even as yeah. good as you have them here but no. they've got bill belichick who's yep. who's number one on the coach power rankings right so uh it's hard to count them out but yeah uh, roster wise not in a good shape except for they can cover people and that's about it Right, right. I mean, they don't have pass rushers. Their linebackers are all not coming back. I mean, they, they I don't crush their receivers. Even Edelman. I mean, that guy's taking a beating over yeah. his career. I, I don't know that I trust him. He isn't going to be on my fantasy team either. I will not be drafting Julian Edelman. I'm just going to grab my popcorn and watch how this New England Patriots season goes because I have no idea. I think it's going to be a fun ride in New England. And, and those Patriots fans post Tom Brady, uh, I think you're going to have, uh, have a fun time this season. What's funny, and you brought this up a lot too, is everyone's looking to see was all this greatness Tom or Bill, and we can't right. possibly be mm -hmm. both. But if Tom goes and wins twelve or thirteen games, takes them to the playoffs, does well, and the Patriots go seven and nine, eight and eight, frankly, I think that's faith that both of them are great. I mean, yes. if, if Belichick gets his team to seven or eight wins. That's some great coaching. Absolutely. And it might not play out that way publicly. And everyone's right. going to be either Team Tom or Team Bill. Exactly. And you can already see it coming. It's going to be such an obvious thing. So, uh, yeah, that, that's going to be a, a fun watch for the 2020 season in New England. All right. We'll finish this up 17 through 1. Matt Williamson's power rankings. Who's the best team in the NFL? Next. Not a lot changed here in the middle of your rankings above New England. Minnesota Vikings at 17. Cleveland Browns at 16. Green Bay Packers 15 Packers now jumped into the top half though. They were at 17 last time. And I know green Bay Packers fans are mad at you for that. Yeah. I mean, I'm down on the NFC North to say the least. I mean, yep. my best team in the NFC North is green Bay at 15. So there's a lot of teams, the chargers, even like I mentioned, if teams were in the AFC East, I might pick them to win the division. If, if many teams obviously were in the NFC North, I'd pick them to win the division. Um, I just think the, the Packers don't have enough around Rodgers. Um, we we kind of glossed over the Browns, though. I wanted to throw them in here. And I'm considering moving them down. Right now I have them at 16. But I mentioned the athletics uh, rankings in terms of continuity. They were very, very low on that list, too. And you often talk about how you're expecting Jimmy Garoppolo to take a jump in this, you know, because of the Shanahan offense usually takes a while. Well, that's basically what they're installing there with two new tackles, new tight ends, new play callers, there's a lot of change. And I think that's, but I, I like the moves on paper, 
but that's not what really matters on game day. I, I think the change in, in Cleveland could go badly. It's all about Stefanski and Baker Mayfield, right? How does that go? How does that mesh? Does Baker take a step this season? And he's in that prime, he's in that part of his career where you should expect that step, but then a new offense and a wordy offense that could slow that down. So yeah, Cleveland is another one that'll be fun to watch and see which direction that goes. And uh, they're right in the middle of the pack for you here. And I can see why Detroit's your dark horse in the North. If uh, you have Minnesota and Green Bay, just a couple of spots ahead of them. Minnesota is the tough one for me, but Green Bay was in the NFC championship game last year. Uh, I, I think yeah. you were definitely lower on Green Bay than I am, but I'm with you with Minnesota. Yeah, I think Minnesota had a rough off season. The Chargers come in at number 14, along with the other team in L.A. at 13. The Hard Knocks crew here. And there's four teams right in this neighborhood. Indy at 11, Buffalo at 12, and the two L.A. teams. They're kind of their own tier for me that I'm intrigued, but I see a wart. And really with three of them, and maybe even four, that wart is quarterback. I mean, I actually probably like Goff the best right now out of Rivers, Goff, Allen, and Tyrod. I mean, just in terms of how they'll play this year, but I'm not a big Goff believer. You know, like I think there's a lot of good rosters in that group I just mentioned. Indy and Buffalo come to mind. The, the L.A. teams are very star-studded but have some holes. Um, so that's an interesting little group to me. It'd be like a group, a tier three for me. A tier three, so that's 14, 13, 12, 11, Chargers, Rams, Buffalo, Indy? Yeah. Okay. And you, is there a clear difference between Indy at 11 and their rival Tennessee Titans at 10? I lean more towards the Titans. Okay. I, I think Tannehill's legit. I, I give him the nudge over Rivers. I'm sure that shocks some people. I think that both teams will run the ball really well, but I know Tennessee will run the ball really well. I like their defense a little bit better. Uh, I mean, it's comparable, but I don't think what Tennessee did last year was you know unrepeatable. I think they're a pretty good team. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers stay at number nine for you, Matt, and then two of the biggest risers. I think the the number one riser for you was Detroit, and then Seattle at eight and Pittsburgh at seven have both jumped up three spots. Seattle is that all just the Jamal Adams impact? No sleep. Yeah, I mean I, overall. You study, and some of it's because I've been doing these position ranks. You know, we'll do linebackers next week. You, you get a little bit better feel for the rosters when you dig into things, you know, projects like that. But I think Seattle's back seven. You know, their pass rush, their defensive line really worries me. But the rest of their defense to me is really, really good. And so maybe they'll become a little more blitz happy. I think the Adams signing has a ripple effect, makes them better at slot corner, gives them three quality safeties, gives them a lot of options on defense. And I didn't mean to move the Steelers up because they really haven't done anything dramatic. But Ben is throwing and seems certainly healthy. And, I mean, that's not shocking to me or anything, but nothing bad has happened to them either. Didn't have any opt-outs, things like that either. Did you see Pete Carroll's recent comments? We talked yesterday about uh, Greg Williams talking about how Jamal Adams might get bored in Seattle. And then um, Pete Carroll came back today when asked about that quote. I want to get his quote correct here. Um, He said, we don't make as many mistakes as he does, referencing (laughs) referencing Greg Williams' defense, which I thought was hilarious because everybody knows... Pete Carroll's a better coach than Greg Williams, and so he kind of just put Greg Williams in his place. Oh, he's going to get bored. That's because we play sound defense over here. I love it. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Like, hey, I've earned it, and I'm just going to take a little shot at you. 
I'm interested where your tier one, two break is because you said that break is at number 10. So we've got Tampa, no, we've got Tennessee at 10, Tampa at nine, Seattle at eight, Pittsburgh at seven. Then at six and five are Philadelphia and Dallas. I'm guessing the top four are a top tier. So where does that one, two break happen? That's a good question. I, I definitely think four teams stand alone. Um, I felt pretty confident about putting Dallas and Philly five and six, six weeks ago. And I'm just as confident. I think they're both much better than their record showed last year. And then Dallas signs Everson Griffin this week. So I think they're very firmly at number five for me. But I guess either they could be in their own tier, the Dallas-Philly tier, or they're with Steelers, Seattle, Bucks, Titans. But I probably would lean them towards tier two there between five and 10. And you have Dallas just barely ahead of Philly. Is that just an overall roster construction thing for you? Yeah. I mean, I think their front seven is really, really good now and should be able to help the back end of their defense. Their offense is a great unit. I mean, it was the most yards per play in the league of any offense last year. I think they can play it any way you want don't love that there's a new coach in some in a lot of these places, but I actually think even with the COVID situation, it benefits Dallas that they have a new coach, and, and he's been around the block, obviously. How do you feel about Dak and Mike McCarthy, that marriage? I like it. Um, I, I also like that Kellen Moore's returning. I think he's a great buffer from the old to the new. Mm-hmm. Um, the offense, as I mentioned, was really humming last year anyway, you know, so don't change a good thing. I was never the biggest McCarthy fan in green Bay, but I'm open to the fact that he apparently has gone to pro football focus and all kinds of studies he's done when he was unemployed about how to become a better coach, get a little more analytically driven so maybe he's going to change his stripes a little, but I also think that Dallas Dallas was bad in a, you know close games. They were bad on special teams. I just think having an upgrade, you know, professional coach probably wins some of those that they would have lost. For those of you following along at home, you probably have a good idea here of the top four teams, Matt's top tier going into 2020. There was one minor shakeup though in this top tier, and that was the teams at three and four. You had. San Francisco three, New Orleans four. The last time we checked them in, now six weeks later, you have New Orleans three, 49ers four. Yeah, and for really no good reason. I mean, it's not a knock on the Niners. I think New Orleans has the most complete roster, which I think Mike Clay agreed when we did that, that I don't know where their holes are at. Even if they lost their quarterback, I still think they would be a very good football team, great defense, best O-line in the league for me. Um, those top four, the difference between San Fran and one is pretty slim. I really think those four stand alone in the league. I agree. Splitting hairs with some of these. I, I, I think yeah. New Orleans has the best roster. They've got a coaching staff. They've got a quarterback. So uh, I'm not going to knock anybody who has New Orleans high. And to be honest, the Debo Samuel injury, he broke his foot in the last six weeks. Right. And that might be enough to to break a tie because that receiving group with the 49ers who added uh, some speed, but you know, just more more depth at the position today. They added Tavon Austin and J.J. Nelson. So they've got a number of wide receivers, but I, I just don't know who the 49ers can count on and who Jimmy G, if he is to na- take that next step, they obviously just paid George Kittle, but I don't know who else he can count on in the passing game if Debo's out. So that's a big yeah, question mark. Two, 
Good point. Yeah, I, mean, I guess they are. There's a little uh, small step back there. Debo's a really good player. I mean, that, that doesn't help. Two and one have not changed at number two. The Baltimore Ravens and the reigning Super Bowl champions at number one remain at the top, the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, and I think the Ravens are very close to the Chiefs. I mean, I think that a lot of people, if they power rank, would agree with me and have the Chiefs first, but I don't know that it's just a slam dunk that they're way better than Baltimore, New Orleans, San Francisco. Their interior line is a little worrisome to me. Their linebackers are bad. You know, I mean, they're not good on the second level at all. So I, I understand their strengths, and their strengths are amazing, but I don't think they're far and away the number one team. If you do not like these power rankings from Matt Williamson, you can find him on Twitter at Williamson NFL, or you can let him know how good of a job he did as we're yeah, checking out better. these rosters in training camp. Hopefully have more training camp reports next week as camps heat up and more padded practice start to happen here in the middle of August. And I think things are going to heat up. There's going to be some live streams for fans to watch of certain training camps as well. So more reports coming Next week, we've got a little bit of news to drop on you Monday. Matt's linebacker rankings. We'll have another Twitter Thursday. Uh, everything going on around the league right here. Locked on NFL.